You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, y'all. My name is Shan. Welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. This is a series for Black fathers because Black fathers matter. Black fathers matter to me. Black fathers matter to my children. Black fathers matter when it comes to my brothers, um, my mentors, my friends. They matter because they set the tone for who our children look up to. They set the tone for how men, women, children, and other elderly people feel protected, feel like, you know, everything they've struggled for was for a good cause because they've seen who they've become. And I want to, um, I don't know, I just want to shine a light on them and hear from them in a perspective that sometimes goes unheard because no one cares to ask. Sometimes people look at fathers as if, oh, that's nothing. They're supposed to do that. Why would we, you know, thank you for doing something you're automatically supposed to do? You shouldn't look for any, you know, praise or any uh, thank yous for that. That's the standard. That's the basics. You know, do what you're supposed to do. But when you have a father that's there, that's consistent, that's uh, available, that's attentive, that's caring, that's thoughtful versus an absent father versus a father that thinks his life and his now is more important than the child's future. Um, There's a difference. There's a clear difference. And I just want to show appreciation. So uh, this series I've interviewed 
many, many fathers from different places, different backgrounds, and I really just want to pick their brains with different questions. So um, thank you for listening to Cozy Boom Podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, hey, it's Anya Dula, and I am the host of Intercultured with Anya Dula. Intercultured with Anya Dula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood, culture, birth work, and travel. And it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood, to discuss our work and birth work, if that's what we do, but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother, how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect. Back to the show. Back to the show. This is episode nine of a Cozy Room podcast, Black Fathers Matter. And uh, we have Father Brian here. How are you, Seth? I'm well. Very blessed to be on this podcast. Keep it up. You're doing wonderful. The world needs you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you state your age, please? All right. So I believe I'm still 34. I'll be 35 in August this year. Okay. How do you feel? What age do you feel? I feel great. I look better than these young bucks out here. So we're doing great with this generation. No offense to anyone else, obviously. I mean, the only people that are offended are the ones that believe it's the truth. But. Yeah. Got to have a disclaimer, though, right? So, I'm trying to be uh, somewhat considerate. <laughs> I've been told I was a jerk, so. I don't think you're you're jerk mode. I think you're more uh, direct mode. Let, let your uh, audience figure that out before you can uh, explain that for them. They'll get to know me. I think it's needed. How many kids do you father? <laughs> I am a, a proud and been blessed to have two children. Two children, two boys. Two boys, yes. <sighs> God said you're not ready for a, a girl yet. However, all the girls um, in my life are through close friends and cousins. So probably like seven girls, nine girls, actually. The ultimate. And plus, yeah. Listen. Um... I think you're one of the lucky ones to to start off with two boys. Um, I just, I'm not going to say they're much easier, but I think um, the dynamic of the understanding is simpler. Girls, girls is all over the place. I can only imagine. Um, girls, to me, seem like they're very bright and very quick, um, but they also develop like uh, attitudes and personalities super early yeah, yeah i saw your eyes open but um <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um perfect example Ari today is like an emotional sensitive mess where um 
she got upset at me because she came to me and she was like, she was like, I want to see um, Lucy, which is like her dad's girlfriend's son. Okay. And I don't, I've, I've met him only once when I was in college when he was a little boy. Um, now he's like, I think he's 17. But 17, jeez. Yeah. So now it's kind of like she, out of everybody in the house, she asked for him. She asked for her dad. And then today she was like, um, something about her mom at her daddy's house. Hmm. So I was like, I was like, you don't have a mom at your daddy's house. I said, you mean Jada's sister, your sister's mom? And she was like, she was like, my mom and my daddy's house. I said, that's not your mom. That's your sister's mom. Because they're not married. <laughs> they're still, you know. I get you. Mama Bear, hold it down. I and got my you. thing is like, if they were married, I'm cool with it. But because they're not married, and I don't know where he is as far as like that commitment to her. I don't want to get it in her head that every female that her dad is around is mom. So I said, that's not your mom. So she got offended. And uh, <laughs> when I tell you that girl held the grudge out for like two hours. So when I told her to go away, since she wanted to have an attitude, like a face down directly, uh, she started to push that on Anya. Yeah. So oh, she's wow. like knocking all, over Anya's stuff and her and Anya just kept going back and forth. I'm just like, Ari, go in my room and go take a nap. I had like a whole fit, but she's not that. But Jeez. she does that, and then she'll wake up, and she'll be a, like a completely different kid. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, dang, like I have to get used to these mood swings. I got to be able to like talk her out of her moment. And it's just all of that, and she's only three. So, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because um, I had a slight introduction for uh, Kai, my six-year-old. So some of his cousins have, um, you know, stepmoms and different mothers and parents. Mm -hmm. And um, I helped him grasp that because earlier he was like, how can they have two moms and two dads? I was like, man, this is some early shit for kids, man. So I was like, all right, got to start breaking this down a little bit. So, you know, as of now, he understands uh like his cousin has two moms and uh they they alternate over the weekends or whatever so mm-hmm. there's no confusion there's no anger i'm sure um um his cousin had questions like that too but i can only imagine you because i know for a fact that if the parent is absent though then i would say that's okay for that person that's stepping up to get that role if they are indeed doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, key example is my friend Brandon. He had uh, a million kids, no, five kids, and the wife brought two. Yeah. But he took care of those two like it, it was his own. And yeah. they call him dad throughout life. So to me, I thought that was pretty dope. But in your situation, that's that was kind of like some type of prideful thing that Ari had. And she's really, you know, her personality is really strong. So yeah. <laughs> And I'm not, like, I'm not knocking, like, I know that, you know, his girlfriend does, like, mom things for her. Yeah. Which I always told her, like, thank you for washing her clothes, thank you for doing this. But I feel like, because me and her dad had a conversation when she was, like, I want to say, like, six months, he was like, well, um, 
I wanted to ask you, like, what is Aria supposed to call Kia? And I'm just like, I don't know. But that's not her mom, so she's not going to call her mom. You guys are What about the flip side, though? If you had a man in your life and his daughter was calling him dad, would he, he would he take offense to that too, or would he say it differently? He would, and rightfully so. But I would never have someone I, I'm just dating mm-hmm. living with me, first of all, and I would never have someone that I'm just dating uh, being called dad like even okay let's say both of their dads they're different mm-hmm. Anya, Anya doesn't call Jason dad um never have but he's been around her which is Ari's dad more mm-hmm. than her father oh, um, and has done more for Anya than her father but at the same time I've never allowed the dad mindset to get into on you like that's your dad that's not your dad okay flip side is there can be no communication between me and Anya's dad so the bulk of the FaceTimes and the conversations with Anya has been with her dad most recently and Ari goes in fit if he does not say hi to her if she cannot have her own personal like time with him which I allow but it's never on, so, hey, it's my daddy. That's Anya's dad, you know? So it's all about respecting and having those um, boundaries not crossed. But if you, I don't know, I can't speak for what he's doing in his house, but yeah, there has to be some type of respect boundary as to who is what and being honest. and between you and your girlfriend you should figure out what she's comfortable with I don't want to disrespect her and then you can come to me and give me that information but because we can't communicate I have to be the one to be like that's not your mom I can't your system is pretty dope because those dynamics and that fat that whole thing could be mind-boggling so I commend you on that that's that's dope yeah Yeah. but um (laughs) haha I question her (laughs) (laughs) haha um for you, we're going to talk yeah. about you and fatherhood. My first question for you is a fill in the blank. Okay. Fatherhood is the best hood to be in because of what? It's the only place that I feel I have purpose mm. on this earth. Why is that? Um, Very good question. So why I say that is because without getting too deep it's basically my upbringing was a little bit um, just different than most people I didn't really have a childhood and I didn't have the uh, structure of a family however my grandmother uh, raised me and after she passed and after I've been down here with you know identifying people that I consider friends and family and got close relationships and bonds I was looking for a purpose, right? I was just basically, you know, all over the place. But when my first son was born, it kind of like, it's not that it changed everything, but it kind of gave me some meaning. I I felt like, okay, I can do this. This is what I'm here for because I'm good at everything else that I do, right? But I don't feel uh, rewarded. I don't feel appreciated. I don't even feel like, I feel like it's just programmed. So therefore having a child and being in their life and 
you know, watching them grow as they're teaching me, to me, that's important. And I, I, I believe that it's a blessing no matter what. Um, how was your dad growing up or anyone that you had as a father figure if it was it's a good question because I just reconciled with my father last year and up to this point it's more so uh, respecting boundaries and him atoning so growing up my father was not present he was in the military so therefore he uh, left the responsibility with his wife at the time so therefore I didn't have a father a figure my grandmother was my mother and my father but then when I came back down to Florida I guess my father figure was close friends and just identifying their fathers and just kind of like observing people I didn't really have anyone particular so I kind of like put things together and just figured out how a father should be um that would be my answer. I mean, there's so much I can say right now, but I'm just trying to be uh, respectful to your questions. <laughs> if you want to elaborate more, you can. Like, I don't mind it. Um, I mean, it goes to a, a certain point where um, when I talked to my father last year, I called him out on a lot of bullshit. Uh, this was like my last attempt to like patch up anything because uh, the structure was just really bad. There was a lot of gaming, a lot of psychological, a lot of physical, a lot of abuse that was going on, a lot of mental illness. And essentially, I told him, you raised your daughter, my sister, very well because you didn't do what you did with me and my brother who were polar opposites. My brother's in and out of prison. I was selfish to a certain point in my life to where I decided to break cycles. So I found the courage to tell him and say, hey, you fucked up. And this is what we could do to move forward if you're willing to move forward. And he apologized for like everything. And my suspicions of him growing up without his father and him just continuing what he believed was correct and how he raised me and my brother is just indicative of just people that didn't want to break the cycle. So I'm that person that's just decided to break the cycle and be a good father for my own because they, it, no child should enter this world with anybody else's baggage or any drama is what I believe I agree is your sister younger than you my sister on his side she's younger than me and I have sisters uh, one sister on my mother's side that's younger as well mm. and she's brainwashed to one on my dad's side because everything he's taught her mm-hmm. um, and I told him this recent I said listen I know you're trying to move forward but your past has an aftermath there's a lot of repercussions so right. this person here may think that I'm somebody that I'm not. Right. And I've tried to patch things up and say, hey, uh, just, let's have a relationship. Let's introduce you to your nephews. She don't want it. Yeah. When you do that, both people have to want to for the right reasons. And if, you know, you got one person that's willing, one person that's not, you, you got to just let it yeah absolutely I, I'm not gonna lie I did hurt because I'm like I, I remember her when she was a child yeah. and then I was like a big gap so I told you know it's also the responsibility of my father like there's accountability on those two parties right there mm-hmm. other than that it's, it's not even with me anymore it's yeah. more so I was willing to like bridge that gap like you said and move forward mm-hmm. but these two have things to work out you know what I'm saying yeah living in your truth is essential especially if you want to have like a clean slate like you can't come you can't apologize 
and then your actions don't show that you're trying to create a good a good standing. I say that about Starbucks. <laughs> Bow, black power. Speak on it. Oh man. Um. Let's see. How do your kids make you feel appreciated? Man, um, six and two years old. You know, they do things in their own ways. Half the time, I'm like, man, these guys don't appreciate shit. Ungrateful. And I love them, but I'm just like... But they do show you signs. It's unique. They're like Sour Patch Kids, right? They're like yeah. all over the place, but they find ways to like show you they appreciate you. So my youngest will say goodnight and kiss me and be like warm and you know he's 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 a solid guy he's like Ari just knows what he wants but he's also a very polite and lovable kid my eldest is very sensitive and it's like he's he he's spoiled right and I try not to spoil him anymore but he'll show things that about appreciation like the little things he'll come next to me when I'm working on a car and I'll teach him some things and you can see in his eyes Mm-hmm. that he is very happy to have a father even a person like me like I used to go to the school three times out of the week like Billy Madison mm-hmm. and it wasn't for me it was his people and his community and I wanted him to feel like I belonged to it mm-hmm. and he was so proud and I swear I wish um if I didn't do that I feel like my kid would have been like a shy kid yeah. you know what I'm saying so it kind of helped his personality but his way of saying you know he's like a, he's like a thug man he won't tell you Mm-hmm. But he'll, he, you can see in his eyes that he appreciates you. And there's mm-hmm. some times where he's like, Dad, I love you. But it's like, because I gave him something. I'm like, get out of my face with that. Love you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try to go against the grain of that because my mom, you already know, like she's super loving and always, yeah. always showing. And for I think for grandkids, saying it is no problem. But for us, I don't ever remember her verbally telling us that. So I go out my way to make it a point where I'm just like, I can't remember the last time I said, you know, to one of the girls that I love them. Or I can't remember the last time I hugged them. And because both of them are sensitive in their own way, they'll do that to me. But because I grew up not used to it, sometimes I'll be like, I know. And then Anya would be like, why you say you know? Why don't you just say? I said, because it's it's a lot to constantly hear it and just be um, meaningful behind the I love you. It's one thing to just say it because it needs to be said, but it's another yeah. thing to like mean it. So um, I'm constantly like battling with that. But even with you showing up at school, I think showing up at school and showing up on like field trips and outings with like your kids around other kids it builds their confidence to a point where they feel like I have a dad, showed up, you know, he got my back and he's here and everybody can see I have a dad and I don't, I feel like I have more support. So I feel like I can stand up and what I do and what I say more and I don't have to be insecure about someone telling me what I do and I don't have. I appreciate that. I mean, it's a pro and a con because Mm -hmm. when I go there a lot, you might have other kids that are like, where the hell's my dad? So yeah. I'll talk to those boys as well and be like, hey, your pops is working right now. I'm sure he yeah. would want to be here. So I'm like supporting them. I want to touch something that you just said. Nobody's ever told me that they love me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother is the only person that showed love. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, but I've never heard that from anybody um, until like relationship time. So when it comes to like the boys, I'm not like a, I'm not scared to say it, but you know, I say it in my way. I'll be like, you know, I love you, man. Or give mm -hmm. you a hug and whatever. And Kamar, you know, my two-year-old, he's lovable. But I, I found that rela relationships, it was kind of tough because it was hard to embrace people but and uh, let them in. But yeah. nobody's ever told me that growing up, um, it, which it's really strange. That's why I wanted to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. That's important because you don't want your kid to, like, leave your house when that, whatever age they leave your house and try to figure out, like... What is that love like? Or people say it all the time, but what is it? I don't want them to figure out what it is outside my house. I want them to be, like normalize it. Like it is okay to hug on your sister. It is okay to hug on family in the house in this way. Um, me telling you you're wrong and 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 disciplining you is also me loving you like showing them love on all levels and telling them and instead of me just you know getting on them about doing something wrong mm -hmm. and and it's just like you don't go into your room or it's like you got a whooping or it's like you you know you're doing this today and not what you want to do i actually explained to them i did this because i still love you no matter what like, yeah, parenting has a lot of talking, don't it? Yeah. It's like you have to explain everything as to what's happening. And I'm the same way. I think you and I are alike because I'm not just going to voluntarily go off the handle. I might talk to my kid a couple of times and then I'll ask his mother, like, if you see me get to a point, can you jump in? Because yeah. it's a partnership, right? So yeah. with me. Uh, if my son does get in trouble, I'm gonna be like, you know, you know why you're in trouble right now, right? This is, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll let him answer me, mm -hmm. and he'll tell me the same stuff. Well, I was being bad, I'll, and I'll be like, okay, so we're going to avoid this by doing this next time, but mm -hmm. this is the, you know, this is the consequence or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you and I are like for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, you can always tell kids or adults whose parents never did that because. When they have that three month, that three month meeting at work with their manager, and their manager is saying like, "Okay, you did these three things or five things good over this period. What we need to work on is this." If they having a whole meltdown because someone is telling them something they can work on to make better, yeah, then you didn't, as a parent, you didn't have enough discussions with them on how they can improve themselves before they got to adulthood. And then what happens is an adult manager or somebody in HR has to deal with the fact that their parents didn't do the work. So thank you for doing the work. I'm doing the work on my side. <laughs> thank you for doing the work. Because I want I to applaud all teachers too, because they have to deal with parents that are not disciplining their kids or raising oh, their yeah. kids. Shout out to the teachers listening to the channel today, podcast. Yes. Um, well, I think a lot of parents got a taste of that for these last three months with them not being able to go to the classroom and they had to yep. step in and do it. Um, I had a taste of it with Aria because she's a completely different learner from Anya. Anya actually likes learning and she, she doesn't need a lot of direction. Aria is like, I show her a card. She's asking me what it is. And then she's playing or she's doing something else. 
her attention is very short and I'm not used to that. So I had to completely teach her in a completely different way while both of them are in the house at the same time. So I hope that people have a bigger appreciation for teachers behind that. But it's a lot when you have like a classroom of 24 kids and you got to do so, that. So also to focus, um, I know my eldest takes advantage of his mother. I don't know. That's probably the dynamic with boys and their mothers. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried to, I always support her. I'm like, hey, man, stop playing around with your mom, dude. Like, she's telling you exactly what, but I don't want to be the disciplinary because if I have to say something, he's going to wait till he, you know, I come out or whatever. Yeah, she has to equally do it. And I know Chelsea is such a, Chelsea is such a softy and I uh, love her for it. And she's always like helpful and trying to ease the situation that may get tense if she don't come in but at the same yeah. time she still has to stand up in it to show him that I can be this and I can also be this but your your actions are going to be the deciding factor in, in, in what I'm doing right now so that's, and that's what we're working on we're like hey let's not bottle this up to a certain point and you just spaz out you want to stay consistent and like um she yeah she's doing good like i said like at the beginning of the podcast it's it's a learning as parents as well on how your kid is because you have to like adapt to them too you know yeah yeah they both, both dope conversation keep it up man keep it up let's go um my sake of my uh next question for you is what are two black father or just dad stereotypes that you want to kill Uh, that we want to er er eradicate because kills is pretty uh, tough these days. Um, no offense. Um, stereotypes, because stereotypes are positive and negative. So if I take a negative one, would be, what do I hear? Uh, black dads. I I try not to listen to the noise, but I know statistically or whatever they try to present in the media is that they're always in prison. So that is actually factual. Um, because of the systematic oppression but and that's something I wanted to work on that I am working on right now mm -hmm. is you know having dialogue with people as far as um, psych evaluations and different um, applications for police officers uh, things like that so my goal is I, I don't want to see more fathers in prison because of bullshit charges but I also want to make sure that they're not putting themselves in these situations where in, and I hope people don't take me the wrong way. Like you don't want to put yourself in a situation that's going to jeopardize your family, right? Mm -hmm. If you got to do what you got to do, there's certain means to go about it. But if you know that you're going to get yourself caught up like that, mm -hmm. think twice for your kids. So you want to be there. So I want that stereotype to disappear. I don't want fathers being absent because of stupid decisions or systematic oppression. Mm -hmm. And then I mean, I guess that could serve as two, no? I don't really know anything else. Oh, like um, the whole deadbeat father situation, which is really weird because I know, I don't know everybody's dynamic in their relationships as far as separation and then having so much beef with the uh, the spouse that you can't even be around your kid or it's challenging because you're in a system. I know for a fact that God forbid something happens to me I have a conversation with my partner and say, yo, um, there's no way in hell that I'm going to not have you around my child. And I hope that that's going to be, you know, appreciated and reflected and reciprocated on the other end, because mm -hmm. these children need both their parents, regardless of where they're going to be at. 
So I would like to see that absolved because I grew up that way. Um, you know, my dad told me that he that he got married young because of the military because he thought that was the whole idea of having a family structure was to have family and the kids but they didn't jive they always fought and had any and as a result we were the casualties of war so i want to separate that all and just make sure that if you guys are not together you can co-parent at a or even just be parents for your kids and just keep it civil you see what i'm saying Mm mm-hmm I know yeah, it's easier said than done because of personalities, but that's what I strive for. Yeah, I um, I'm super like pro good co-parenting, and I'm super pro if you're gonna do it together to do it in the most healthy way together. Um, I like I grew up with all spectrums. I grew up with both parents in the home until I was eight, which messed up my whole mindset on do I even want a marriage or what a marriage is or what a partnership is? And then I grew up where me and Nathan, my youngest brother was in a foster home for a short while. And then my mom lived in a woman's shelter with us. And then we got on section eight and we lived in an apartment in Maryland. And then she moved to Florida and got a house and she thought like that was going to be the ending factor and all she had to do but each of us still felt empty in our own way for what reasons I can't speak for you know all of my siblings but I know me personally I didn't feel like I had two parents I felt like I had a um a mom figure that did mom like things in the house that was the person who legally could sign documentation. But when it came to feeling supported, when it came to feeling protected, when it came to like feeling like, oh, my mom is here, you can't do X, Y, and Z to me, I never felt that. So I I basically had to become my own parent from like, I want to say 12 to when I went to college, even though my mom was around. And my mom was good at shutting down when things really mattered and not showing up when she needs to like step into that that disciplinarian mode. Um, and then you like I knew my dad was around, and I remember you coming into my room when I was in Florida, and I was just like having like a sad day where I was like really, um, I was digesting the fact that the idea of having a father is is something that's already dead. So like at 15, at that age, that particular day, um, you had came in and you gave me a, a brown a brown sugar movie poster. And I was, I was having a horrible day because I'm just like, I really have to like eject this person that's a part of me out of my system for my benefit. Um, and I basically, I killed him mentally in my mind as a father because he allowed his ego to rule what relationship we could have. So he was one of those fathers that felt like, I, I know you're not, my, you know my number, you need to call me, I don't need to call you. Um, you want to talk to me, you call me. You want to find out stuff, you question me, but I'm not looking for you, I'm not, 
you know, nurturing this relationship to happen. And I'm just like, that doesn't feel like that's what a father is supposed to do. So, um, because there was no father figure around me at that time, I'm just like, well, forget it. So fast forward when I was 18, he passed away. And um, my aunt told me on my way to go into class, I was in college at the time, I was in Atlanta and she was like, are you going to the funeral? I was like, no. And it wasn't like no moment of grievance. It wasn't no, I need to think about it. It was just like, no. And my whole thing is no matter if you're with a father, no matter um, if you guys are together, but you're having issues or you're getting a divorce, a father needs to be with their child equally just like you're with your child as a mother. Um, even now, the only reason why there is no communication is because a judge stated there cannot be any communication between me and Arya's dad. Um, and I still feel bad about that, even though it wasn't my doing. Um, but I still make her make him cards for his birthday. Um, this Father's Day is coming up. The girls have always done a project for Father's Day for him, regardless of if me and him have any personal issue. And I don't believe in, you know, holding kids hostage from the other parent because your child is gonna grow up with an issue with males, men, and, and that's just not fair. So um yeah, I'm not I'm not with that. I mean, there's some good and some bad in uh, these uh, situations, and I appreciate that story. Uh, I've known you for a long time, and you've really consulted me a lot as well with my own personal dealings. Um, I try to embody what I believe is right for the boys and for my godchildren and my nieces. So, like, my brother is a polar opposite, and, like, I how I see it is God has given this guy a lot of opportunities, but since he's a little bit more damaged than I am. Uh, we suffer from alienation and uh, leveraging children. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would never see myself do that. I feel like that's evil. But I know that he's doing that personally. And I can explain to you, uh, for the past year and a half, I try to be present in my niece's life. I have a nine-year-old niece and a three-year-old. And it took me a year and a half to reach out to the mothers build relationships with them to where they're comfortable because you know one was a little bit scared and damaged because of this guy and it's like i solidify these relationships for the boys but also to show them that they have love that's the key yeah uh term here and um i know that there's a little bit of conflict when this guy comes back out that he uses his kids as leverages because you know it hurts people and that's kind of like we just said. I, I personally don't see things like that. I will never use a child against anyone to for my agenda. Mm-hmm. So by you saying that you had to remove somebody that did not want to be present, that's his loss. And the fact that you said, hey, you know, when you passed away, I felt nothing. You hear about that in the songs, you see in the movies, but you also are a testament of that in real life. So that's that has conditioned you and made you strong at a young age like most of us black people have had to do unfortunately so i appreciate that yeah but the other side of that con is you grow up and and you don't ask for help and you don't um 
yep. you don't get comfortable in trusting males that you assume are supposed to be there because your attachment is to this human being. Um, and for me, that's always like a struggle because people feel like because I did this and this and this and you have this person, I'm always going to be this and this and this. And then when you have a blatant example of that didn't mean anything, mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean anything to me now, you're going to have to show up in a different way. It's, it's super frustrating. So um, I deal with that. My mom always says, like, you're mean. And I said, I'm not mean. I'm just direct. You know, I like to address a possible issue before it comes to a head and it's the issue. And my mom is very like, let's not talk about it and let's hope that it goes away. And I'm like what you said. You said that you're direct. I don't sense. I mean, yeah, I get how you are. I don't think you're. uh, I think I'm misunderstood. Um, And maybe you could be at times for people who may not know you. Um, It's misunderstood because. I, I'm damaged goods, okay? I come into terms with a lot of this a couple of years ago, but I'm healing. I'm accepting and I'm learning and I'm trying to meditate. So when I come across a stranger, even, and you, uh, I put money if you do a poll, if people listen to this at the beginning of the conversation, well, yo, this guy's a dick. But mm-hmm. when you understand the person, you understand that there's certain guards and barriers that they put up because of that. Yeah. Um, I think you're, no, everything you do is, to me, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with everything, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I try to do it in a way where if you want to ask me the why behind what I do, I'm always willing to share it with you. But not everybody is concerned about the why behind what you do. They're more concerned with what it looks like. And I've never cared about what it looks like. <laughs> that is like never been my, my thing. Um, but it's super important to be present. Um, always the end goal, regardless, because your kids are going to form their ideas of who their dad is, who their mom is, who their aunt is, who their uncle is. You don't have to do it for them. Um, but uh, it is your job to protect them. So if you feel like, you know, their uncle might not be in their best interest of safety, you may protect that until you feel comfortable in that space safe that is your obligation as a parent so um completely understandable um (laughs) what brings you the most peace each day as a dad um i'm see little man trying to wake up i'm happy um and gives me peace when i know that my kids are being kids they get to grow up being kids even though the world's so really effed up right now they they get to be kids because my partner she's fun right and i like to be fun but i know that they got security they got whatever they need education they got love Mm -hmm. and they get to be kids most kids can't be kids right now because the parents are all strung out but they're being kids right now so that that makes me happy that they're happy like that yeah i it's like a pro and a con because i hate that um the joy from me seeing uh kids or any race of kids has to be um oh they they're out and they can do kid stuff and they don't have to worry about where they live they don't have to worry about if they have a home 
They don't have to worry about um, food. But before you dig into levels of childhood, you have to secure those basics. And a lot of basics aren't even being met for a lot of children. So the same thing when you see, well, well, people see Black fathers out doing fatherly things for their kids. They may come up to you and be like, oh, thank you for doing such and such, or it's so nice to see a Black dad doing such and such. And to you or to other dads, it may come off like, like, how dare you come up to me like, I'm not supposed to do this. This is normal. This is what I'm supposed to do as a father. This is normal. But society paints a picture like, it is abnormal for Black fathers to be at the park with their kids. It is abnormal for Black fathers to be at home teaching their kids or reading to their kids or doing things that they feel like a woman should do. And I just want to disturb all of that and be like, it should be a normal thing. It should be a normal thing for a child to be comfortable wherever they are. It should be a normal thing that a child doesn't have to worry about what color skin the other kid is at the park. And if I could play with them, like today, Anya caught me off guard and she just walked up to me. I'm like typing at the computer and she's just like, mom, are Americans, um, do Americans do nice things for the people? I'm just like, um, some Americans do. I didn't know where that question came from, why she brought it up. Uh, I said, some Americans may feel like you're not American because of the color of your skin. That's wrong. That's not a nice thing. And then she was like, what do you mean the color of my skin? So then I had to Google all races. And I said, Anya, what is this person? She said, a girl. I said, but what is, what are they? So society says you are black, but your skin is actually brown. But outside, everybody sees you as black. So what is this person? And she said, she's black. What is this man here? Um, I think he's white. So all of these things are taught. And it's kind of like, why can't kids have the freedom of seeing people as people and not make this skin thing a big deal and you can see the pressure on her face that oh my god I gotta figure out what this person is I had to google what an Indian person is to show her what an Indian person is and it's all those things during a child's childhood and they get teenagers and they get to high school and you put all this shit on them and it's not even important but when it comes to people dying outside because of the color of their skin, I have to explain that to her. So today, I went this whole time without explaining to her the whole George Floyd thing, and I was trying to avoid it, and she asked me, um, so people are outside angry because of the fire at Target. Where did she see the fire at Target? Probably YouTube. Yep. Because I don't watch news in here. So probably YouTube she saw it. So then I had explained to her why people are angry and why that that Target was on fire. And I explained to her, I didn't show her because I think that's a little too graphic, but I explained to her that a knee was on a black man's neck 
by a police officer and they killed him in front of everybody. And she asked me, why didn't people stop the police? I couldn't answer it. But in me was like, damn, I gotta put this on her. I gotta, I gotta tell her because if I don't tell her, somebody outside is going to censor her about her thoughts. So yep. that's just the conversation that possibly happens in my house, regardless of how I feel. I'm trying to protect her from adult information. Your kids aren't dumb. <laughs> They're going to put things together. So um, that was that was wild today for me. That was We've had that conversation before in the house here. Um, <clears throat> Kai had a uh, project towards the end of kindergarten, mm-hmm. and uh, they already selected. This is prior to all the media stuff that's been shown it's bad enough that the kids have to deal with covid but like all this external stuff where it kind of robs them of their innocence because this is the truth Mm -hmm. um he uh did a project on community involvement so it was like a police officer Mm -hmm. in his mind he looks like paw patrol when he was younger he's seen them at a school he thinks that they were supportive and all that stuff so internally i was kind of pissed but i was just like you know what He's already made this idea with his mom. They've already, he's innocent. I'm going to let him do this project. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to find a time to communicate to this guy slowly, but slowly uh, in increments because I'm not going to rob my son of it and also going to instill trauma in him. But I know that for a fact that he's, he's really sensitive. So my thing is I do break down to him that there's good and evil. There's some bad people. Um, I do correct him from what society is teaching him in the school, such as Indians and stuff like that, which I was kind of pissed off. Um, I was like, yo, these are natives, um, you know, ex- you know, politically correct. And I explained him about different cultures and I also told him, I said, man, you're comprised of multiple cultures as well, but they're going to see you as being black regardless. So you need to embrace your culture. So I start that early and uh, I talked with mom and I said, there's going to be a point in time that I'm going to have to break this stuff down to him, but I don't want to overwhelm him because you see what's going on in, in the nation right now. Everybody is either tired, spent, frustrated, even people that are not black are just tired and overwhelmed. I don't want to cause that for my kid to change his perception of everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got to let him be a kid at first. Yeah. Um, there was a girl on video, a little black girl, where the officer, I guess in a joking joking way, said, put your hands up. She's pouring crying. And to me, it was very like, how dare you as that officer that's an adult that knows like what's going on right now. It can't be a joke. And you can't do this to a child. And the fact that she started bawling, crying, tells me she knows the connection of what police are to people that look like her. So my thing is like, with you not being like, let me pour all this information in on my son, you're you're avoiding that because that's what would it, it would be, especially with his personality being so sensitive. You don't want your kids to go outside scared to be around people or scared to live their life because of what they read, what they saw, what they heard. 
but at the same time you don't want them dumb to it either so, yeah i'm kind of like a faucet or a hose <clears throat> i give them a little bit of information mm-hmm. but not all flow and it's, it's strategic mm-hmm. um it may look like avoidance to a lot of people but it's strategic and i'm sure mm-hmm. some parents would understand yeah. um i've seen black fathers on youtube teaching kids how to load up weapons and mm-hmm. know their rights i think that's amazing to know their rights and their mm-hmm. and that's something i'm going to teach my son but i i, I don't want to teach him brutality uh and and the, there's so much graphic things in the history of america just yet however as he gets older these book reports he's going to have to write they're going to be real history not mm-hmm. what america is teaching them that's yeah. what i'm gonna pride myself with yeah um I did a book report on Marcus Garvey with Anya, I want to say two years ago. Um, but what's happening is the teachers are now telling them who they're doing a report on. It's no longer you picking. Um, so I have to uh, figure out a way to also give her like, the teacher gave you this history, I'm giving you this history also and just like trying to intertwine it into where she can actually get the proper grade for stuff so it's always a learning and an unlearning and a learning thing you got to do with um, kids now which sucks because why can't you just share the truth it is what it is um, they can tell you they can argue about whether the earth is round or flat but they want to give Christopher Columbus a holiday. Listen, a lot of that shit stopped when I was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, something's not adding up. And when you start going into the libraries, you start talking to people, having these conversations, then you start seeing things being implemented just like you're seeing these days. Yeah. Like, why the hell did we have Confederate statues? But yo, I digress. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Is financially paying for your kids enough as a dad? No, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think that it doesn't matter about financial. It's more about emotional. Uh, that's where their kid will basically, um, they'll be great. And, you know, to their, uh, when they mature and become adults, mm-hmm. financial doesn't mean shit. Money comes and goes. Um, I mean, yeah, it can help with raising a kid and, but that doesn't show them that you love them. Uh, emotionally being present that shows them that you love them so that's my response Um, what three things should a father never do in front of his kids Um, a father shouldn't like can't say argue with the spouse because what they should do is design a system where they can speak elsewhere if they have any type of indifferences so I would say never uh, get into any type of altercation, like verbally or physically with the mother of their child, of the child, excuse me. Um, B, they shouldn't involve any, when you're a father, I I automatically assume that you're not really dealing with like uh, stuff that would get you in trouble. But I would say you should probably not bring that into your home. Mm -hmm. Um, Damn, this question here, what you should not do around your kids. And um, I would also say never act like, uh, don't ever show off like you can't fail, right? 
I would say it's okay to fail, but it's okay to learn from your mistakes. I think that's the most important thing besides the arguing with the the spouse thing. Those two things right there are important. The middle one you can omit. It's going to be not showing them that, you know, it's not okay to fail and make mistakes. Super important. Uh, I was putting out trash before I came on too, and uh, Anya was like, "Man, she was like, you know, so much more than me. You're smarter than me." I said, "I'm not smarter than you. I've just been here longer than you, so I know a bit more. But you're gonna get to a point in your life where you're gonna know more than me. It doesn't make me smarter than you." And I told her, I said, "When I was your age, I used to think that my mom was a magician. Like, there's no." question I could ask her that she didn't have an answer for and I used to think like she was better than Webster's could ever be and then it got to a point where I began to ask her questions and she didn't have any answers and then it started to dawn on me that my mom is not this immortal idea in my head she's a human being and something she does not know that's why parenting is always a learning thing that's why adulting is always a learning thing and one day if you ever catch yourself getting to a point where you don't want to learn anymore make sure your kids aren't around to see that because then they're going to feel like oh I got to a point where I know everything I need to know and that's not true so uh it is very like what you just said right <laughs> I told my son um yo no, you know no. you said the same shit that I said to him but I, I told him before I was like dude you, you taught me something like that's impressive like I show them that he teaches me something and he he goes with that now he's like hey dad did you know this I'm like well yes I know about that because I don't sugarcoat it um when I got my uh, my degree um I didn't I didn't it's hard to explain I don't really believe in the education program here but I got my master's right mm-hmm. and I did it because anything I start I finish and I wanted to show Kai yo when you start something, you want to finish it. And I show him, I say, listen, these are the the, the, the fruit that you get from what you're doing here. Look, look at, I'm, I got a 4.0. I'm showing you, they're giving you rewards. And dad needs this for potential uh, promotions and opportunities. Mm-hmm. I said, Kai, I wasn't really happy or proud or, you know, to be stuck at doing school for so long. Mm-hmm. But this is the outcome. There's, you know, you have to be proud of yourself because I don't know if you know me. A long time ago, I never really cared about achievements or I couldn't even take compliments from people. That's just who I was. So instead, when I, as a parent, I'm showing him that it's okay to acknowledge your achievements and it's okay to finish what you're starting. So everything you're saying right now is just basically aligning with me right now. Yeah, that taking compliments one is rough out here because there's adults that don't know how to take a compliment. Women... I always go out my way to give a woman a compliment and you can like tell like right off that she can't take it. I'm just like, hey, so much work to do. It's so much work to do. <laughs> um, uh, what's the best feeling you ever felt in uh, fatherhood? Man, um, there's a lot. Uh, uh, my kid's VPK uh, graduation. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of parents were probably happy when the baby was born and try to blink away a tear and shit when they're sleeping, everybody's sleeping and the thug in you just slipped away and you're listening to like Lion King and shit. Yeah. But my most proud moment was seeing my son um, doing the whole, some performance, like some Hawaiian stuff. Mm-hmm. 
for his graduation, dog. Like I had the baby in my arms, right? Doing this shit while I was on the side. And I was like, oh, go ahead, son, go ahead. And then I saw him do his thing. Bro, I almost fucking died. I was just like, yo, this is beautiful. This is amazing. He's his own person. Right. I'm proud. Right. Seeing your kids as their own person, like they are a part of you, but like like you are a part of making a whole nother being and they they have a personality of their own and uh, they're just out there absorbing all the information. It's like, dang, that's mine. Yeah, it's like he wants to be me, but I always tell him, don't be me. Just be yourself. I don't even have to be cliche about be better me. I'm like, yo, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tell him, I'm like, there's only one you. Right. Be you. Because I didn't know individuality when growing up. So I said, be you. And I was just like so happy, man. That was dope. Mm-hmm. What's your idea of a good Father's Day? Um... <laughs> me sleeping no i'm joking um good father's day you know my culture just who i am i like people just enjoying themselves uh, on like days that are special to me so for example a, a father's day for me that would be important is that my boys are having fun they're in a the pool good food good music and everybody's enjoying themselves because the italian and jamaican in me likes to see people happy so I like to take the attention off of me and put on everybody. That way everybody's enjoying themselves and everybody's happy. So that would be important to me. Okay. That's like a That's why Chelsea can't give me shit for my birthday at all. What do you want to do? What do y'all want to do? Because I'm happy for y'all to be eating and chilling, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's like a common answer for a lot of the dads that I talk to. Where they're big up like, pops. Here they like they said they want their kids around, like having a good yeah. time. Because we're just unselfish, man. It's just important to us. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, you worked full time, help uh, raising your boys with their mom, and you cut out time for outings with the boys. And on top of that, you have your MBA. Um, what three things helped that happen? Uh, my partner. Um, Chelsea's been uh, very supportive even though um, it's been uh, there's a lot of friction sometimes because there's a lot of dynamics involved as far as um, relationship, kids, learning, uh, growing up. So big ups to her um, that she's the priority right there. And I'm sure other fathers have good support system as well. Um, my, my mentality, my mental healing is my second point mm-hmm. because without me acknowledging things and uh, understanding my 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 faults as well as my uh, good characteristics such as perseverance and dedication, I'm determined. That helps me go a long way. And then third, just having faith and a, a good. Even though I don't have a big network of people, the people that are close to me keep me in line and give me some great feedback. Because yes, I could pay for therapy and stuff like that but these people don't know me mm-hmm. i like i love the people that love me that know me mm-hmm. that are not afraid to tell me hey brian you're wrong that helps me go a long way because then that helps me with my healing mm-hmm. super important not to have yes men around for sure well scissors that bro out of here <laughs> <laughs> your uh your upbringing was difficult from how you raise your boys 
why do you make that your goal um my my boys don't need to go through any of those hardships at all they're innocent they were brought into this world not out of hatred but out of love and um i when i die i would like to them to realize that their father broke a three generation cycle they just he broke it just to make sure that these kids these young kings are able to thrive and move forward and prosper and understand love i like that it's corny right but it's real <laughs> it is real what can everyone do to make fatherhood a better experience I can't speak for everyone. That's a trick-ass question. Um, what they can do, though, um, I know most people, most men, they find ways. As long as uh, the men uh, do it out of, for their heart and they have the the right, you know, mentality towards their kids, and you know, they make sacrifices and they grit their teeth, even for the women, um, if they grit their teeth and they work their way for the kids. Um, that's very important sorry it's been a long day man um that question right there was you need to repeat that to me because I, I like to talk out of my mouth and i feel like i had something else to tell you so you need to repeat that question there's no I, cut no edit all right i said um what can everyone do to make fatherhood a better experience cool yeah um if if it if they're making it work for their kids keep doing what they're doing but always strive to improve don't be stagnant don't be complacent you can achieve so much just keep doing it because um your kids are going to just blossom and keep going uh from what you're teaching them and what you're loving that's important so keep doing it but improve don't stay stagnant okay uh i I told you i knew there was something i wanted to say (laughs) (laughs) last question for you uh to be a great father or dad we must do what what should uh, fathers do to be their greatest selves they have to um accept not accept they have to identify opportunities their 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 weaknesses so if you and 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 acknowledge their their strengths right Mm -hmm. um if you know that you have a hard time showing love maybe challenge yourself to show love in a different way that way your kids and your partner would understand i i go through that personally um and i acknowledge your strengths like like i told you earlier in the uh, podcast i i i don't care about how i appear at the school right it came to a point where these people wanted me to work there and be a black teacher because there's no men there's no black people and i enjoy the kids i enjoy my my son so just it's, it don't matter, man. Fuck perception. Do what's what you feel good in your heart that you know that's going to work for your kids. And then if you see an opportunity, just keep working on that and, and challenge yourself. That's all I can say. Each day, man, it's one day at a time. I like it. Uh, I want to yeah. say yeah. thank you for being an exceptional father and uh, being <laughs> engaged and uh, a team with Chelsea. Uh, y'all do it good together and congrats on your MBA and uh, I will always wish you the best and I hope you have a happy Father's Day I appreciate your podcast and uh, I will you know, continue to support it I always tell people at Apple we have Black at Apple over mm-hmm. five, well, over 500 people 
and I let them know about the stream. But you keep doing wonderful. And I appreciate you for taking the time to acknowledge myself and other fathers. Although, you know me, I don't take compliments. So cheers to everybody else. And uh, thanks for being a mom, dad. You're awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. Peace. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.